September 13, 2018. It's a Watt from Pedro Show.
show we started off with one up one down from the lost album right i think we found this john coltrane album he recorded the day before he went to the studio with uh uh God, johnny hartman he was uh, the ballads thing yeah and then from a brand new uh from garth uh, sager and the hungry ghosts pitbull walk tusi and my special <laughs> guest through the miracle of those engineers in estonia with their skype invention we got gar sager right here uh Via London, right? Yeah, that's right, in London. Is it, is it, is it connection all right? Yeah, it is. Thank you. Uh, I know uh, North, somebody else North owns it now. West but the, London. What's that? We've had, the, we've, had, we've had the hottest summer since 1976, which is when I saw the first ever Ramones gig. Wow. At Ramones House. 1976. 1976, I uh, graduated yeah. high school. Right. Yeah. I don't even understand what graduation means. Does that mean you're 18? That means you're out of 12th grade. And does that generally mean you're 18? Uh, usually, you usually. Uh, 
I had turned 18 about six months before. Right, yeah, yeah, that's the same as that. Here, there's privileged people go to university. Oh, yeah, we got college after if you want it. Uh, go. Is that what you call it? College or university? What do you call it? Yeah, uh, yeah, there's... Yeah, right, right. I think something big and fancy is more of a university and maybe a college is right. smaller. Yeah, a university could have several colleges. Yeah, but we went to the College of Punk Rock, baby. That's right, that's right. And you got a brand new record. It's called Juicy right. Rivers. What, what's, this what's this title? No, no, first, let's talk about <laughs> Hungry Ghost because this isn't the first Hungry Ghost record. Well, there's been three sort of, there's been two other kind of, um, well, I suppose I would say solo Gareth Sega records where I sing. Um, so, like, they're saying this is the end of this, and this guy, this fantastic guy called Douglas McIntyre, who keeps the whole sort of independent music scene in Scotland going single-handedly, almost, uh, is put out in his Creeping Bent label. So uh -huh. he's saying it's a triptych in the sort of, artistic thing and um yeah so i've done two others but this is maybe the sort of fruition where i've really sort of stuck i've done something i've never ever done before i've just stuck to bass and guitars there's no freaky saxophone or clarinet or found sounds or anything i've never ever i've made about 20 hours well, i suppose i've done solo piano but you know this is seriously restricted for me so um you know it's quite interesting to have those restrictions well, like it's your version of Cream. <laughs> well, if you hear it that way, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, uh, I would hear well, talking about Scotland, a great bass man out of their huge influence on me, Jack Bruce. Yeah. Jack Bruce, what a wonderful man! Hey, you know, every time he talks, he's yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a real, uh, he's got that real groove, hasn't he? He's really got it, that guy. Yeah, big influence on me. First time. Uh, oh, it was really difficult, though, because I only had eight tracks. You know, you can't put the needle back on an eight track. Right. <laughs> so it was a little difficult. It was hard to learn. But he started as a double bass player, didn't he? he was oh, yeah. Proper I think British he went Jan to college or university and actually started on cello. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know the big difference there. They're tuned in fifths. So your moves yeah, are much yeah. more dramatic, and he was quite a dramatic player. Yeah, he's, he's you know he's so, somebody to be honest that I learned to appreciate once I got older because all that cream and stuff was still you know that was really I didn't dig any of that stuff when I was a teenager. You know I liked Doctor Feelgood and Alex Harvey and ah, yeah. Iggy Pop, David Bowie and James Brown and you know funk stuff. Sure, and all that. That hairy music, that music that's you know, they got you know their hair dangled down to their g strings. That's right. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, actually, they were they were very early on. They only lasted like a year and a half, two years. I know. Yeah, yeah. Then then Ginger's heroin problem got the better of them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, uh, I read somewhere Eric Clapton said he uh, was grateful to Jack Bruce to teach him how to sing using all your chest. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that, that's that's something I haven't learned. You know, <laughs> I just croak in the right direction and hope I hit a note, and then I'm happy that day. Oh you know? no, you're a great singer. But, but tell me about these guys you're playing with the the other two parts of the power trio. Well, the Ian is the guy that I played with. There's 
this fantastic this fantastic Scottish musician called Davy Henderson that yeah. had a band called the Fire Engines. Sure, and, I remember. Uh, really well known sort of Scottish post punk band. And he's always sort of been, because I'm from Edinburgh as well originally, he's sort of been, I've known of him sort of thing. And then he had this brilliant band, my favourite band, Biasly, of the 90s, was his band called The Nectary Number no. 9, named after a Japanese brothel. Um, oh. And uh, if you check out their records, they're absolutely fantastic. They, you know, how people hit a real sort of purple patch. Their, their albums in the 90s are absolutely fantastic. Nectarine, um, Nectarine one, 9. Nectarine, Nectarine, Nectarine number 9, they're called. Nectarine, and Nectarine. Uh, Ian, Ian was a drummer in them. And my great mate, Jock Scott, uh, who was, had been the roadie with Ian Jury and The Clash and then joined Rip Rig and Panic because we got much more girls in The Clash. So um, it's always a good reason. Uh, he, um, he was a... He was a uh, big fan. He said, you've got to check this drummer out, man. He fucking plays like a combination of Elvin Jones and uh, and Drumbo, you know, via the James Brown group. Yeah. So I checked him out. And he did. It's just, you know, it's like, when you, when you, for me, all I'm really looking for is a great drummer. Sure. And this guy can really, you know, two sticks of dynamite, you know, that's, that, that's, that's what we call it. So, a big um, man with the stick in his hand. Yeah, he's uh, and he's a musician, you know, and that's that's the, that's the difference. A drummer that, you know, can play guitar and, you know, he's listening out to the music all the time, so he reacts to that. He's not just laying down some gormless beat without any sort of reaction to what's going on. Absolutely. So, you know, so I did Slack Slack Music, the album before this one with him. It was just me and him, and I played everything else, bass and. How did you like doing work. bass? Sorry. How did you like doing bass? Well, I did. I a lot of the original pop group bass lines are mine. Ah, uh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. You mean yeah, Simon? Yeah, I, I did play bass, but then the bass player in Rip Rig and Panic, Sean Oliver, was fucking a genius on the bass. So you know, I had to step back big okay. time there. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so no, I've, I've, had, I've had good bass players, but it's always always the drummer I look to play with. You know, sure. as I said, you know, I, I can make it. You know, if I can play with the I love playing bass. To be honest, it's 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 a fantastic thing. You know, it's it's um, I love it. But um, I you know I'm still sort of like everything else. I'm just experimenting. I'm exper experiment with everything I do. I never, you know, got no interest in mastering or it, whichever. You know, people would say that's ridiculous, but that's just that's where I'm at. So um, I don't think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's righteous. I think it's you know keep pushing. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's so so I'm happy doing that. And then. Ian said he had this bass player that had also played in the next number nine, who was his best mate at school when he was like 11 years old. Yeah. And Ian, even smaller than me, and I'm only like five, seven. Yeah. And this guy, Dan, that he got in his bass is five, six, six foot 10. Jesus. And they said they were best friends, best friends at school, the smallest and tallest guy at school. Mark so, Stewart. you know, in the, within their rhythm section, they take in every sort of, you know, They've got oh, the whole facility within them because they're, you know, tall and small. So yeah. <laughs> I just saw a thing on uh, Steve Marriott, Denny Lane, and those guys. They kicked the drummer out for being too tall. No, keyboard player out for being too tall. Hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Roddy Lane. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie. Not Denny Lane. That's a guy in wings. 
<laughs> Ronnie Lane, the small faces. I think I got a great story that um, in the in this last incarnation of the pop group, I got my friend's son to play with us, and his name is Alexi Shrimpton, and he is the nephew. My fr- friend is the brother of Gene Shrimpton, who's the top sort of supermodel in um the early in the sixties in Britain, and her sister Chrissy went out with Mick Jagger and Steve Marriott. And my friend Dan said he used to come into the house. They lived in a farm, uh, you know, sort of eight years old. And he'd see Steve Marriott, because he was so small, sat on his sister's lap. (laughs) (laughs) He had an incredible voice. Because he was so small. Yeah, he was tiny, but that voice was huge. I love that voice. And he played guitar like a motherfucker. He was a hard charger. I mean... I saw Humble Pie. I didn't get to see Small Faces, but incredible yeah. cat. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what, what about this name, uh, Hungry Ghosts? Well, it's obviously got its Buddhist connotations, and if you know your Buddhism, which you might do, I'm not sure. I know um, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's one of these sort of you know the hellish realms that you go to, which I think is affiliated with. Anything and everybody can relate to in this day and age. Basically, you're sucking through a tiny, tiny straw and just getting an ever bigger, unsatisfied belly with whatever it is you feel you desire. And that's what a hungry ghost is. Right. Basically, something that is basically never, ever satisfied. And a source of a big big source of pain. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, with these, there's not going to be too much heaviness in the name, but I just sort of. Wanted well, to introduce something that was, you know, a bit more than sort of um, Gareth Sager and the skin peels or something. You know, so. <laughs> and speaking of which, <laughs> <I'm good>. uh, <laughs> speaking of which, let's let's listen to "Come and Share in My World."
Tony is back. Everything under the bonnet is working. Witty on its wheelchair user loves the city. A black diamond.
Old man came courting me, I do a darity. Old man came courting me, me be in your hang. Old man came courting me, I do a darity. Maids when you're young never wed an old man. When we went to the church, she left me in the lurch. 
When we went to the church, me being young. When we went to the church, she left me in the lurch. Maids when you're young never wed an old man. And when we went to bed, he lays he was dead. And when we went to bed, me being young. And when we went to bed, he lay as he was dead. Maids when you're young, never wed an old man. Got no fool, no fendle, I rurum more. He's got no ding, durum, no fiddle, I He's got no fool, he's lost his sting, durum more. Maids when you're young, never wed an old man. So when he was asleep out his bed I did creep So when he was asleep me being young So when he was asleep out his bed I did creep Into the arms of a handsome young man It's me. I'm alive. Am I? So I'm alone. Don't know what to do. I'm on my Left and thrown away 
Pedro Show. I just got hip to the fact video was made because come and share in my world. 
Gareth Sager and the Hungry Ghosts, uh, they're inaudible. <laughs> so that's why you make a video. I remember the 90s when bands spent more on the video than the album. <laughs> well, yeah. Good old days, it was right? On both of these. <laughs> okay, then we heard Lauren, I Am a Dagger, and then Mike uh, Regnetta with I Am You Part 1, Super Silent with 14.7. The Gate, brand new from Alex Shuntai, David Marana, and Gabriel Faraniti, Still House Plants. There's a Scottish band, a song called Coca. I might be doing a gig with them in February at Cafe Odo. I was invited. Oh, and right. then a collaborator of theirs. Yeah, yeah. Still House Plants, that's a name, huh? And then Quinny with uh, Old Man Came Courting Me. Old, like A-U-L-D, uh, Robert Burns thing, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Old. Brand new Yoko yeah. Ono. Uh, her manager sent me an album. It's called I'm Alive, this song. And then a band from... Holland, he likes, called a uh, Pip Bloom with Alone. And finally, Sammy's Muck Ball. Gareth Sager and the Hungry Ghost. <laughs> What's a Muck Ball, Gareth? Well, it's uh, it's the where you live right now. Oh, okay. It's this earth, where, this earth we're revolving around on. Yeah, it makes um, sense. A ball of muck. That it was a Muck Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Temptation said that song, Ball of Confusion. Well, yeah, that it, it, it's, you know, that all these things are sort of have a sort of poetic bent rather than a sort of black and white um, take on it. And that's what I love about my favorite lyrics are, you know, some people hear it one way and some people hear it another. So on the whole, I would never, because it's you, I wouldn't even even give an answer like that, to be honest. It's sort of a vaguely honest one. I'd just say, well, what what does it conjure up in your mind, you know? Sort Temptations, of a, ball of confusion. Well, I thought muck might have been some kind of uh, slang from over there. <laughs> but no, it means shit over here, too. Yeah, it means shit in both places. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, lyrics can be trippy. You can even hear them wrong, right? Hey, the bathroom's on the right. Yeah, or, or, or what about this one? I heard my original version of um, Iggy's uh, um, lyrics on raw power. I mean, every one, every word was wrong. <laughs> Remember that Australian band, Radio Birdman? That's what they were th yeah. hearing in 1970, right? Not Radio Birdman, but Radio Birdman. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, of course, Jimi Hendrix, the famous one, excuse me why I kiss this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sure, surely that's meant to be interpreted either way, surely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he had to go to England to make his power trio. I think uh, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. it was a bassman who put it together, Chaz Chandler, a Geordie guy, right? Yeah, the animal manager, Newcastle guy, isn't he? Right. He had, to, he had to quit when things got too crazy in New York. And That's he's had an open house policy on all his sessions. Right. It right. wasn't Newcastle, all that, you know. You know, another bass you player that quit was the, the Cat in the Yardbirds, Paul Samuel Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah, there yeah. was a thing about that, man. You just only could go so far. Pete Quaife, too, uh, the Kinks guy, he ended up quitting. All good bass players. And, and you, you know your history, baby. You know well, you know, history. I could really hear them on the records. The U.S. rock records, they put the bass all muddy. I mean, I could hear the right. Motown. I could hear James Jamerson and Sly. I could hear Larry Graham. Yeah. But with the rock and roll, you know, a lot of it was yeah. blurry-ass credence. I couldn't hear what Stu Cook was playing. I can hear Very it now. I, I naughtily did on that first track you played, Pitbull with Juicy. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did with the bass on that. 
Yeah. I made it traditional, old style, muddy, kind of um, that style. You know, you can't really hear the bass on that, which is actually very good. And the bass player's really pissed off with me. <laughs> well, you're supposed to feel it, not hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Gotta tell him that. Yeah. yeah but, you know what? Look, it's got strings. It looks like a guitar, but actually, the closest yeah. thing to it is the drum set, the kick drum, the toms. Yes. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah that's that's the big issue. secret. That's the big secret. <laughs> you know, and my union card still says Fender bass, by the way, <laughs> because a real bass was a giant uh, violin, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So tell so me, you, where, where was the auto? You said what was that? You said you played Cafe Auto. It might be coming in February with these still. Uh, yeah, they're talking about. It. They invited me to collaborate with them in. Uh, it's very much a jazz scene up there, you know that. I got to play there uh, about a year right. and a half ago. Yeah, two nights. Thurston came by and we did a <laughs> spiel and also a jam, but I played with the two Italian guys I played with in El Sonio de Marinaio. And uh, right. I, I liked it hey, a lot. You said those names well. Hey, yeah. uh, did you do an interview with Charles Bukowski? I never did an interview, but I did an interview with his wife. All right. Linda. Linda. She still lives here in town. Because he spent his last 14 years here. He thought Pedro people yeah, no, were... No, no, I'm, I'm well aware of that. As The second head album is called Tales of Ordinary Madness. So, okay. yes, I'm, uh, I'm well aware of the works of Hank. Right, he's planted here. You know what it says on his uh, gravestone? Don't try. You got it. He's got a poem called that. He's got a little <laughs> picture of a boxer, right? Kind of. Art Deco abstract. Yeah. But he liked it here. He said, uh, I met him a couple times here, and he's a very nice man, very kind to me. And he said he thought people were more uh, genuine here. He checked out a lot of places well, to live at, after being uptown, and he said, I'm going to go to Pedro. So, hey, where was this album recorded? This album was recorded. It's, it's got the greatest name in this place. It was called Port Slade. Oh, I like it. Did you? It's called Port Slade, but it's actually really close to Brighton. It's on this what they call the Sussex coast, okay. and it was like the it was like the roughest, cheapest studio I could find because I had no money and go in and all the windows were broken and stuff. And yeah. I rehearsed with those guys for maybe about nine months, and then I thought we had enough material to make an album. And um, the bass player said, "Oh, this guy here, he's just setting up a studio in the rehearsal room. Why don't we use him?" So. We got it all set up, and I was just going, you know, thought we're just going to, you know, get our bollocks out and get fucking rocking. This yeah. guy took ages to mic up the drum. Go, oh, he's lost. We've lost all the momentum. Oh. Anyway, we we started playing. I went back in the studio, and he had the most brilliant sound. It does sound good. Days, yeah, I found it three days later, he'd done a really long internship, come to Chicago and done a really long internship with Steve Albini. Steve Albini, Electrical all, Audio. It's all, it's all over YouTube. It's sort of hanging out with Steve Albini, teaching people how to mic drums and stuff. And he's working in this tiny little studio, you know, so Shows all power to him, sort of give his knowledge back to the people. Very, you know, uh, I appreciated it much. You know, he's a great guy. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Port Slade. Nothing yes, to do Port with the Slade. Nothing to do with the band. <laughs> God, I wish you know. I, 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 if you listen to um, Slade Alive, this, there's this couple of fantastic um, songs by Slade. You know, really, they're 
they really know how to get down and get with it. You know, I saw them know. open for 10 years after. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But they, uh, the studio they albums were strange. They were strange. They were recorded very stereo, like they'd be clapping on just one side. Right. Yeah, really strange production. But that live record is really good. I know what you're talking about. And do you know who their original manager was? No. Chaz Chandler. Oh, is he the yeah, one? Because you know manager. what? The, the helper man for the Stooges told me that they were kind of a skinhead band or something. They did, and they, they got an image they change. Chaz Chandler told them to become skinheads. Chaz Chandler was their manager through all their success. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Damn. Oh, God, this is a rock history lesson, Mike. Rock history. And look, we got to the end of the first hour of September 13, 2018 edition of Wap Pedro Show. Special guest, Gary Sayer, hold tight for hour two. Uh, September 18th, 2018 is the second hour of the Wap from Pedro Show.
Lost 
32 beats to the minute, you know, and all that fun. Yeah. A second, sorry. Yeah, like Jazz Fusion World, right? Oh, oh, Bunch oh, of yeah. shit. Yeah, can't handle it. So, in a way, isn't it? Humans are weird. <laughs> oh, I should talk, talk about I, I, it. I've already teach myself to not slag off other people's tastes, but when you have a compadre that seems to have similar tastes, and it's it's nice to have a good bitch every now and then, man. Okay, I'm into that. <laughs> Uh, we started the second hour off of Disco Sofa, Gareth Sager and the Hungry Ghosts, and uh, Bonsai Universe after that with Everything, The Healers, The Wands, uh, Trans-Neptunians, number two from Devil David Nusselhoff, featuring Soul Maddo, and uh, Ain't Got the Money from the Emperor's of Ice Cream, they're out of Brighton, I got to play with them last time I was there, John Howe Jr., Never Could Say Yes. Uh, Tetratoma from Haley Thompson King, Working Dog from Reese McHenry, and finally, Hey Tina, Gareth Sager, you know, Hungry Ghost. Hey Tina, what's that about? Actually, that one, I, that, that this great friend of mine died, so it was a, there was a, it was a little bit of a note of respect to her in, in that one, I suppose. I didn't even bother changing the name. She was called Tina. Okay. So, <laughs> Have you found yeah. it hard to lose people? 
Oh my God, you won't believe I've lost my best friend this year, uh, Jock Scott, who is probably my uh, other best friend. Uh, yeah, and everybody, you know, that's my two best friends in two years. Jeez. So, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just, yeah, I was, I, was, I was at a wait yesterday, actually, to be honest, and um, lots of people were there Paul Cook, Mick Jones. Um, yeah, it's just a sort of, um, what happens at our age, man? I mean, yeah, I was just going to say statistically. It, it, it takes a, a little while to accept it, and we are brought up in this demented Western world that hides death under the table. Yeah. So you take out your insurance policies to make sure it never happens. So, you know, we've been conned, man. Yeah. You know, and I just wish, you know, what I want is like, um, there was this great game the Aztecs used to play. Uh, it's a sort of basketball game. I've been there. I've been down to um, the part of our main culture, you know, uh, uh, Tulum. It's near there in the jungle. And yeah. they've got this enormous sort of, what I, you know, it's like enormous basketball court. And there's a little ring on one of, one of the walls, and they had to get a sort of ball through that. Right. Imagine how long ago it was. And the great thing with this game was the winner of the game went happily to the loser of the, the captain of the losing team, and he beheaded him. So the loser, captain of the losing team, beheaded the winner of the other team. So the complete opposite to our concept of winner takes all. Right. He he had he had lost him him winning was the real you know he could now go off into eternity you know but he gave himself as a sacrifice to the losing captain. Right. Which is fantastic. And I think we should put that into the music business scene. You know, <laughs> and it really helped guys like you and me. Yeah. So if people get to number one, we won't be so vicious that we go and behead them. But they have to swear to never ever make music again. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to play this song "Amp to the Max." Stupid award! All these award ceremonies. Well, that's ridiculous. Breaking each other's arms, patting each other on the back, right? You've got to have them where they go. They go and they stand up. They go. I'm very happy to receive this award. I will never hear no touch of me again. Yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Put a fork in me. <laughs> What about this uh, song "Amp to Amp to the Max"? Well, it's a bit of a corny phrase, but that that is actually one that is um, a little bit co-written by the, the lyric and the vocal is by my friend. That's Davy Henderson from the Fire Engines. Ah, the okay. uh, what? Who Mark Riley uh, affectionately calls the uh, greatest living Scotsman, and um, he's on Slack Slack Music as well, Davy. And I've been on two of his LPs, and you know we sort of mix and match and do stuff together but he always has this great phrase and it's very Scots that after you know he's had a marvellous evening and he's probably slightly lubricated he will go up to everybody in the room and say I fucking love you baby I fucking love you man I fucking love you baby so I thought that would be great for a song so I got him to do that but then I realised I'm not going to get any radio play because it had 50 fucks in it. <laughs> and uh, So we had to take the fucks out, which slightly loses the passion of it. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, you know, we both know that sort of, you know, um, swearing is kind of pointless in this day and age. It's all a bit sort of, it's been here and done it. To his credit, Ig was maybe the first person I ever heard it 
a metallic KO. So um, that's right. But the whole hip hop thing. One two fuck you pricks. Yes. Oh, okay. right, that, that, Let's that, listen. That blew my mind. That 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 for my fifteen year old brain just went out the fucking window once I heard that. That was like <laughs> I heard a real human being on record. You know, I can't I can't I can't tell you what you know how that influenced or someone like me. So it's me pretty you picked that. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. You just saying that particular line was the. Um, and I, I often cite that album. Everybody goes, "What well, is it?" Sort of fucked up bootleggers. And I say, "That's the fucking magic of it, man. You know, you can show, you, know, you can throw your cocks. I don't care. Your girlfriend will still love me. You know." So. <laughs> Here we go.
That was Amp to the Max, Gary Sager and the Hungry Ghosts. Then we had the extract of Paper Taste after that. Dan Jones, Stone Lions, Vermes de Limbo out of Brazil with Bebada. And finally, Let's Get Loose, Gary Sager and the Hungry Ghosts. Get Loose. You mean like Loose, like the Stooges song, Loose? Uh, well, I, I try, you're trying to pit me to the wall, man. Okay. You know, it's, 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 it's to the listeners' interpretation. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I would say as opposed to a English gentleman with a bowler hat and a very tight tied tie, um, it was it was probably sort of the opposite to that concept. That you know, being of the age I am, you know, brought up in the sixties and seventies, there was still more people in Britain like that. You know, Ig would have seen them a bit. There was more people like that than you can believe. I mean, they were you know. They may have worn more relaxed clothes in America, but I'm sure they were pretty uptight. And it was uptight. Very square yeah, job. Yeah. yeah, even me being a young punk rocker, first five years, I couldn't let square johns know. They'd give you too much shit. I had to keep it in my head. All right. It was really fucked well, up. It was really fucked up. And get this. More than square johns, what about other rock and rollers, you know, uh, people from arena rock kind of school? They really hated right. it. They hated it more than the squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, because uh, it's such a small world over here. You know, we we were at, as I said, I was at that Ramones gig in 1976, and I remember there was only sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> there was only there was only about um, I reckon about 25 people that would have thought even looked like punk rock there. Yeah, in, in, in big venue because the Ramones was supporting the Flaming Groovies. Oh yeah, I remember and they that. had you know. You know, slightly hipper crowd, but you know, everybody was flares and long hair yep, and yep. you know, all that crap. But, um, you know, being Britain, we were pretty, um, established our whole thing, and you know, and we were so young, you know, I, I mean, we didn't compromise how we looked at all to the squares, and the whole time we wore, you know, we wore our crazy clothes the whole time, and just I don't know. It's a funny. It is. It's pretty unique to the British, really. That they, you know, you can be sort of vaguely eccentric and sort of um, get a, you know, be accepted. I like. You know, that. even places like being be accepted. You know that. that yeah, um, I like that. But even the venues, yeah. Gareth, we, we, and that, that's why so much stuff comes out of Britain. Uh, everything's different now, but that's why so much wild stuff came out of Britain because the sort of eccentric was accepted. Whereas you know where. We thought the French or the Italians were really free. They were really uptight, man. You know. Same with us. Same with us. There's a saying that goes: the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 we we, we were just, you know, that's the one thing you have to thank the British for. I do. I'm very, very grateful. (laughs) Absolutely accepted it. And we went around. I I never thought twice about you know. I'd be one of the first people that would have had a you know an earring and a mohican and all this stuff and i didn't think twice about it you know and i was even wearing dresses and stuff and god you know this is like 1978 and uh some of the working men's clubs up north didn't take that so well but there you go (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the second hour september 13 2018 edition Peter show special guest garrett sager hold tight for our three September 13, 2018, it's third hour. Watt for Pedro Show.
Let's prove beyond a doubt how much we love life. Let's eat that first big steak that we come across. Let's take you back where we can make up for lost time. Let's hit the road for whatever we have to, but let's hit it with gusto. I'm, uh, I'm there. How about you? Let's drive into something that we can handle. Let's hunt down till morn if that's what it takes to find a pleasant place just to be right back home. But let's blast towel out just to get there, leave a little burn fire by morning, get in just before dawn, a quiet time of day. Let's splurge on life while we got the chance. I'm there. How about you? We'll take out on all right. Just you and I if we have to. Let's scare the hell out of the morning because we can come back and come back strong. Let's celebrate that. I'm there. How about you? Out. Move your lips, move your tongue about Assemble noises to match your feelings, please Mind reading just is not in my genes And pack up that evil Italian digit Save it for when your folks come to visit Talk American, damn it, it's the language of liars If hate were people, you'd be China I said if hate were people, you'd be China I can smell your anger I can taste your die, you bastard die I can hear your head go Tick, tick, tick Any moment now, any moment now Black Butterfly Now, any moment now. 
black butterfly. Hello? Black butterfly.
Anybody called John is called Jock. And then there were so many Johns that I think the English started calling anybody called John, you know, Jock. You know, nobody in Scotland would call people Jock. And then it's then it got taken up. And also, being Scottish, if you were called Alistair as well, you got called Jock. Oh, okay. So, so it's a pretty bizarre Scottish one. Okay. But this great friend of mine yeah. was called Jock Scott, that Ian Jury named him that. He's actually called John Leslie. Okay. Um, that's a long, boring story. But um, what about you this? Know, you play he, in sports. Uh, are we talking now? Are we on air? We're on there. All right. Yes. Yeah. No. No. What I was saying about um, over there, you know, with you in the states, you know, a jock is like the sort of sporty, tough guy yeah. that um, looks down his nose at the sort of arty, sensitive musician types. And it's very much the same for me in the 70s here. You know, all the guys, people that were into music, never were into sport. But I was completely, I was into both. And I was very good at sport. I was very good at football, soccer, you call it. Yeah. I was very good at rugby, uh, squash, you know. And I, and I just absolutely loved it. And I loved it in the same way as I love music, you know, sort of uh, just had a sort of crazy similar feel, believe it or not. And, and uh, anyway, uh uh, one day the pop group supported Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, but um, due to whatever reasons, uh, Paul Cook and Steve Jones were playing with the Heartbreakers instead of Jerry Nolan. So it's just Johnny Thunders and I can't remember. And, but it was in Bristol. And um, that day I played a game of rugby and I got a cut all the way up my face, ri literally ripped right up the front of my face. Ooh. But I was totally used to this. And um, anyway, at this gig, we played and then a massive riot took place between the two local football fans. People were getting hit by axe handles and all sorts of Jesus shit. Christ. And Johnny came up to me and Johnny was in a tiny little pink sort of um, Jerry Lee Lewis suit. I go, what the fuck's happening, man? And I said, you're a Bristol. This happens all the time. And it did. And I had this big cut on my face. And, and and years later, when Neil Stevenson, who was actually managing them, the tour manager, said, we could, we said that was the scariest situation we'd ever been in. And I was just thinking about Johnny and all his guns and his drug deals. Yeah. But it was one, you know, but uh, that that was it. So, so yeah, you know, I was... I was playing first team rugby at the same time as sort of going out and playing gigs with the Heartbreakers. So there you go. That Whoa. must be pretty unique. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Talk about parallel universe. But then after that, you're like this. Then after yeah. that, I, um, I, I was in a football team, five-a-side football team with Paul Cook, you know, the Sex Pistols drummer, yeah. uh, Rich Jobson, you know, a band called The Skids. Oh, yeah. His, his brother, Curly, helped out Portal yes, for yeah. Pyros. That's how I know him. No, that's right. He's fast, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Oh, dude. You know Richard Jobs, the lead singer? Anyway. Well, this guy was named so, Curly. This was one of the brothers. Yes, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Richard was, you know, right handful. And uh, anyway, we got we were in a, a sort of big, big game on a, a big pitch. And uh, you will not guess who was in goal for us. No. One of the most famous rock singers of the 70s. Rod Stewart. Have a guess. Pretty good guess, but okay. more... 
Because I read you know, somewhere Rod Stewart soccer. played soccer. Yes, yeah, yeah. Rod Stewart still plays soccer in L.A. He still does. Wow. And it was Ian Gillen was in golf. Oh, wow, the Deep Purple singer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ superstar, too, I think. <laughs> was he a good goalie? Was he a no, good he was goalie? rubbish. He had oh, about eight double brandies before we'd even got in the pits. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, but we had got we had got to the final, so he was pretty good until that point. So, um, <laughs> there you go. There, 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 there's a little X factor that's most definitely um, over here now. It's completely cool to be into sport and um, music and all that shit. But back then, no I way, Jose. Yeah. I almost couldn't even sort of talk about it. You know, sort of people go, "Ooh, that means you know that means you're like one of those job types." You know, right. Yeah, well, they started painting their fingernails over here. It was okay. <laughs> we, I should say what we played. We started third off, hour off with St. Jock, Gary Sager, and the Hungry Ghosts. Satan's Lasagna from Michigan, a Buffalo. Lady Hump, all over the place. From Pedro here, Plebes Try, 30, 40 years ago. Joe Burr, I'm there. Chris Butler, new enemy out of Akron, Ohio, Devo Town. And finally, from Cecilia, Instituto No, with the... Uh, yeah, eponymous song. It's the tutto no. What, what, what about this bar stool warrior chant? <laughs> that sounds kind of jock. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's, that's you know for anybody you know that uh, uh, you know uh, spends a lot of time in um, ale houses as we call them over here. Um, <laughs> there's always a lot of sort of uh, you know people that sort of sit pontificating about how things should be better and all that sort of uh, concept <laughs> of, you know, yeah. crying in their beer or sort of moaning, but actually don't get out and ever do anything. Sure. And I've come across millions, millions of people like that. I was telling the guy yesterday that, um, in the fir first time I met Nico, she, um, had, uh, played with a pop group in, uh, uh, a lineup that had Cabaret Voltaire, uh, Linton Crazy Johnson and us, uh, you know, uh, a venue in London. And um, the next time, uh, it was a pub in Portobello Road, and um, I stumbled in and she was playing pool and she thought I was Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in that pub, you always had people that were just sort of sat there going on about, you know, how the world should be better and all this sort of stuff. So, um, you know, it's just it's just that sort of concept of sort of um, people sort of moaning and not really doing anything about it. Or, uh, but yeah, I don't want to explain it, man. It's, it's, That's it's, okay. It's what? Let's listen.
the victims left behind All receivers vanished No message to be heard Revisiting revisions reach A point beyond absurd Temporary treaties now Exchanges have been slowed
Hey, you know what, Gary? We just had some pilot error. I hit, forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> what a dumb fuck. Anyway, <laughs> that was Barstool Warrior chant, Gary Sager and the Hungry Ghosts. Many mile from bird perverts who are uh, Hudson Valley, upstate New York. Middle of Pennsylvania, Lancaster Way, Remorse Code from Encode. Oswald Dovey, wrong song. That's Andrea uh, living in Czech Republic. And Gary Sager and the Hungry Ghost finally with Pete LaBeat. I'm not going to ask you who Pete is, but I am going to ask you if you're going to go tour this. Well, we're going to try. You know, we're, 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 I, I haven't got the sort of um, fantastic bottle you have to just jump in a van and you've got a couple of compadres that you've been willing to sort of go all over the universe with you. So um, <laughs> i got to find some other sort of a fantastic way of dragging Pete the Beat around the, um, <laughs> uh, this muck ball with me. So... Uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be out there. And I mean, it, it's fantastic live stuff. As I said, you know, when you've got a drummer you love playing with, then yeah. to be honest, you can just play anywhere and you know you're going to whip it out. You know, yep. it, it's a, I have complete confidence if I play with that guy that, you know, whoever's there is going to hear something special. You know, they might not want to, but they're going to get it. You're going to move the crowd. Yeah, you're gonna move them, and then and then you need some glue. You need some glue, something to cement the kick drum to that those guitar strings. So you need a bass man. You know, I I, I know about the there's there's bands that do without basses. I've I've heard of this. They got more room in the van, right? More room in the boat. But I always think of that poor lonely kick drum. (laughs) That's a very poetic way of hearing it, Mike. Yeah, very. Very impressive. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, you know, it's you, you to your credit, have found some brilliant way of sort of making this thing work, and it's, it's, it's being it's, the grout. It's, you know, we we call it grout yeah. here, right? The stuff between the bricks, the grout between the tile. Yeah. I guess it's called. That's mortar. exactly what it's, it's grouting over here as well, baby. That's what we call it, grouting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most people they go the head and they look at the tile. Me, I'm the bro- I look at the grout. Yes. <laughs> and all the shit in there. To help hold it together. Look, it's been a big honor for me to have you on the show once yeah. again. Truly, Any, guys, I think you guys, uh, safe seas and like plow hard. Yeah. If you, uh, get, get get your cats out there. It'd be bitching if you could come to the U.S. People, uh, yeah. check out the Freaks of You uh, website. Uh, look them up on the, use that Google search engine, G-A-R-E-T-H-S-A-G-E-R. He's got a whole history of music and is righteous. And thank you again, Gary, for being on the show so much. And in February, I might be in your part, so maybe you come down to Cafe Auto. Yeah, most definitely get in touch. You've got my email now, so right. okay, let brother. me know. I'll keep my ears and eyes out. Okay, thanks. It's been thank a September 13, 2018 edition of Wap Peter Show. People, keep your powder dry.